0: This is The One Thing Podcast where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the Vice President here at The One Thing Team. In the last episode, we talked about how to write a bestseller with our publisher, Ray Bard. Uh, Ray is the publisher of The One Thing. He's also the publisher of the best-selling sales book of all time, The Little Red Book of Selling. If you would like to uh, listen to that episode about not only what it takes to write a bestseller, this also applies to what it takes to create an extraordinary product from a marketing standpoint. Go and check that episode out. The episode that you are going to hear today is a training that I did for one of the regions inside of Keller Williams. I reached out to one of our regional directors, Mark King, and just said, hey, man, I really want to bring value to you guys. Would you think it would be valuable if I did a training showing people how they could get absolute clarity on the handful of true priorities that they need to accomplish every single week? And he goes, all day, baby, let's do it. So I did this training. A lot of this is based off what we have learned from working with people inside of Living Your One Thing. We've had this group of close to a thousand people where every week we are coming together with them and learning how do we help you truly understand without hesitation, the handful of true priorities that if you just accomplished those few things, you'd have one of the most extraordinary weeks in your entire professional career. And how do you start getting your calendar to reflect those priorities? This is a great training. Uh, There is a video component to this. I'm showing them my screen a lot. If you would like to see the actual video, go to theonething.com slash podcast, and that's with the number one in the URL. Find this episode, it's episode 91, and you'll be able to actually watch the full video there and see my screen, see my face. You'll be able to watch the training. Um, Otherwise, enjoy listening to this episode that I did for Mark King's region.
1: Welcome to our training
0: tonight. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president for The One Thing. So I run the company behind the book. I'm partners with Gary and Jay. And my one thing is turning the book into a massive training and education company. The reason that we are having a conversation today is because I reached out to Mark King and was asking him where he thought people really struggled when it came to their time. You know, he's got a unique perspective as a regional director, as a coach, um, as an all-around good guy, And he had some awesome feedback and I said, you know, one of the things I'd love to do for your people just to add value and help them get to that next level is to do this training to specifically talk about how you can overcome some of the biggest challenges you have with your time and the easy way that you can reshape your 411 so you can take back control of 20% of your time in less than 30 days, which would that be of interest for you? If I told you that 20% of your time that you are currently wasting, that you can take back control of in the next 30 days or less, would that be of interest? If so, go ahead and put yes in the questions box. You're going to figure out here very quickly. I engage a lot. You're going to get a lot more out of this training. If you engage with me, I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to ask you to, to, I vibe off of your energy. So the more that you interact with me, the better this is going to be. For those of you um, who do not know my story, who haven't listened to the One Thing podcast, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Uh, I was in medical device sales for five years, which was a great job. Made a decent living, living in Southern Orange County, wore scrubs every day. Tried to get my wife to call me McDreamy. She always refused, but um, I kept trying. And when I was doing this, I was happy, but I wasn't fulfilled. How many of you have ever been in that position in your life where what you're doing professionally, you might find happiness yet you are not fulfilled. That's where I was. I knew I wanted to build a big business. I knew I wanted to make an impact in the world. I didn't have clarity on what that looked like. And frankly, I was scared to make a change because I had these golden handcuffs on. Um, Well, two things happened in my life. First, a colleague of mine had a stroke when he was 35. And uh, at the time, my wife and I had just bought our first home in Orange County. We had just had our first child. She's a stay-at-home mom. So I'm the sole provider for the family, realizing if something happens to me, what happens to them? That was very unsettling. And the very next week, my company decided to make a change to our commission structure in order to remain competitive in the marketplace. And overnight, I took a 40% pay cut, which I'm curious, how many of you have ever suffered a massive pay cut or a devastating job loss? So go ahead and put some dollar signs in the question box. That's when things got really ugly because month after month, we were hemorrhaging cash and um, it gets to the point where the bank account almost hit zero. And that was the pain that I needed to attract in my life for me to realize that I needed to make a change. And so I set out on a journey to surround myself with business owners because I didn't know how to build a business. I was going to surround myself with the people who had already done it because you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And um, through a long series of events, I ended up meeting Jay Papazian and tackled him like a koala uh, latches onto a eucalyptus tree when he came off stage at our national sales meeting. And formed a relationship. And one thing led to the next. And uh, the opportunity came to move here to Austin to start this company with him and Gary. And and the reason I share this with you is because I want you to understand that everything that you hear from me today, you need to recognize that my journey living the one thing only started two years ago. Literally just under two years, November 1st, 2015. Today is October 18th, just under two years. If you give yourself permission To go on a road to mastering this content, you will be amazed at how fast your life can transform, how rapidly you will see an impact, not only in your business, but also in your personal life as well. Okay, I don't want, uh, I don't think I'm an expert. I don't think I'm a guru. I think I'm, I'm, frankly, I'm one of you. I'm just somebody who has really big dreams and has been blessed to have some great mentors named Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, and I have made a commitment to going on a road to mastering the one thing. This is all possible for you as well. Okay? So that journey for all of us begins here today. It's amazing how sometimes in our life, uh, we don't make a change because we don't have enough pain to force the change to happen. Uh, My hope today is that what I share with you, that you won't need the two by four that so many of us have experienced um, in terms of your bank account almost running out for you to make a change. Because what's on the other side of this really is extraordinary results. Let me ask you a question. I'm I'm really curious in your feedback. What would change if every single week you showed up in your market center, in your business with absolute clarity on the handful of true priorities that you must accomplish for that week. To the point like, Jerry, if I sat down with you and said, Jerry, what are your priorities for this week? You said, Jeff, it's one, two, three, without hesitation. How many of you have that right now? You are that clear as a habit every single week on the handful of big rocks that if you just did those things would produce extraordinary results in your life. If so, put a number one in the question box. If not, do a number two. And by the way, there's no shame if it's a number two. How many of you, okay, so vast majority of you, number twos, I only got one, number one. What would change in your business if every single week as a habit, you had absolute clarity on the two to three things that you must get done, that if you could only do those things would produce extraordinary results in your career? What would happen? Go ahead and share your answers with me. We're going to engage. I want your feedback. Do you think you'd be able to take more listings? Do you think you would be able to find that next empire builder who could build something inside your world? Do you think you'd get more done in less time so that you could actually shut it down at a pre-prescribed hour and be present with your family? Would you finally have the time to invest in your fitness so that when you looked in the mirror, you were amazed and proud of the body that you saw? Mark says, more opportunity. Jerry says, less stress, more family time, control of income. Michael says, increase my contracts. I see lead generation, lead generating more listings, promotions, financial freedom, time with my family, my whole world, everything, says Mark King. Let's go back to a 40,000 foot level. If you just did one thing, had clarity, on your priorities every single week. What you just shared with me is that you would have everything that matters to us in our lifetime. Meaningful career, abundance in terms of wealth, deep, meaningful relationships that we're present in, thriving health. The one thing that you can do such that by doing it would allow you to live an extraordinary life What's standing in your way? What's currently stopping you from having that level of clarity in your life every single week? Share your answer. I'm really curious. Oh, not, not Mark, his staff. Well, his staff is very smart.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, asked another way. What's the excuse you're currently accepting that's justifying your inaction? What is the excuse that you are currently accepting that is allowing you to tell yourself this story that it's okay to not have that level of clarity? Rhonda says, not enough staff. Shannon says, squirrels, that's so funny. Lauren says, fear, don't know what to do. Shannon says, no time. I just don't know how, says Melissa. Not enough money, not enough time, too many fires. I feel like I'm having to do work on my staff instead of focusing on my responsibilities, says Jerry. All acceptable answers, folks. And the reason I framed the question in that manner is because um, when we work with people in our membership, and our implementation programs, we teach people, um, we work with people who choose to be accountable to their goals. You know, inside of KW, you hear this all the time. We are the type of people who choose to be accountable to our goals. And accountability starts by looking where? That's right. In the mirror by first and foremost, and when things aren't right in our life, instead of going below the line, going to blame, going to shame, going to justification, we were the type of people who look in the mirror and ask, what part of this do I own? If you believe that having clarity every single week on what matters most to you would allow you to take action on those things and have everything that you could possibly ever want, then inherently you have to ask the question, why have I allowed myself to not have that level of clarity? The good news is today I'm going to show you exactly how to have that level of clarity. And I will warn you, I'm going to hand you the solution on a silver platter. The challenge is is something that I heard Gary Keller say in a mastermind when he looked out the room and said the number one reason that most people will fail doing this is because they're unwilling to endure the monotony of success. Folks, I promise you, if you engage with us here over the next... 40 minutes or so, you are going to leave this conversation jacked up. You will know exactly what you need to do. And so many of you are going to leave this training. You're going to start taking action. And you know what? You're going to see results. And after about two weeks, the novelty will wear off. It will no longer be exciting and fun to do the activities that are required. And then you will get bored. And then you will suddenly feel like the world is attacking you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Never-ending emails, feeling that there's so much more that you need to do than you have enough time to do. Constantly people stopping by, asking if you've got a minute, customers calling, fires, urgent tasks just popping up everywhere. It seems like it's coming from every single direction and all you are trying to do is get your head above water so you can breathe. I need you mentally to be the type of person who is going to commit to endure the monotony of success. Because if you're not, then it doesn't matter what we cover over the next 40 minutes or so, you will be wasting your time. Do I have commitment from everybody that they will mentally at least open their mind up to the possibility that they can endure the monotony of success? If so, go ahead and put a yes in the questions box. Lots of yeses. There we go, people. Who's having fun already? By the way, (laughs) Chris says, yes, let's go. Be boring. (laughs) That is amazing. You guys are a great group. All right. Very good. Very good. Jim Campbell is having fun. Jerry loves my energy. I told you, I get it from you. If you guys weren't interacting back and forth right now, you would not see this side of Jeff Woods. All right. (laughs) Very nice. I have really good news for all of you. We have a tool. That the entire purpose of that tool is to give you absolute clarity on your priorities at any given time. Who knows what that tool is called? The tool that, if done consistently, meaning every single week, would ensure that you have absolute clarity on your priorities every single week. That's right, people, the 411. Now, what's going to be cool about this is I'm actually going to show you mine. Is that cool? I am a student of this as well. So I'm just going to show you mine because uh, I, theory is great, but I want to show you practical application. Okay, so this is my 411. And for those of you who do not know what, uh, what the 411 is, I'll give you the crash course. First and foremost, this is a flexible living, breathing document. You may have seen other versions of this. I promise you never saw uh, something at the top that said, am I standing for their greatness? Am I going where they want to hide? How can I coach people to their possibilities? Because this is my 411. This is my tool to have clarity on what matters to me. And you know what? It matters to me that I take a stand for your greatness. It matters to me that I go where you want to hide, which is why I asked you the question, why are you justifying your inaction? It's why I'm asking the question, how can I be a guide in helping you get to your possibilities? Front and center every day. You have your four conversations, I have mine. They're at the top because your business is your numbers and you need to know where they are. All right. Now, on the left-hand side, we have job or professional. On the right-hand side, we have personal. Some people may ask, why do we set goals in both our professional and our personal life? And I think the best answer I've ever heard came from my partner, Jay Papasan. When he and I sit down every single week, which I hand my 411 to Jay, um, the very first place he always goes is the personal side. And one day I asked him, I said, Jay, why do we spend so much time talking about my personal? It has nothing to do with business. He said, Ah, on the contrary, it has everything to do with it. One of the number one reasons that people leave an opportunity is because there's something that's going on in their personal world that's not being addressed. And it stops them from showing up fully in their career and they end up leaving. If I can care enough about what's going on in your personal world, Jeff, if I can make sure that you are thriving in your professional life, you will show up better here in the job. You will serve people at a higher level and we will grow a much bigger business as a result. How many of you are leaders who are on this right now? How can you take a stand? Come on in, Mark how can you take a stand not just for the greatness of your people in their professional life but care enough about what's going on in their personal life what do you think happens to the retention at that level everything changes you want to come say hi i do
2: hello <laughs> hi this is mark king everybody here with jeff wood so excited to be here thank you for doing this jeff this yeah, is course. awesome of course I
0: yeah go for it man so that's why the personal side matters all right now the top side we've got what matters to you this year what are your goals for this year then based on what you want to accomplish this year what do you need to accomplish this month to feel like you're on track for the year and based on that what do you need to accomplish this week to feel like you're on track for the month now this for most of us is old school this is not news I'm going to walk you through the four questions that I ask the people in our membership every single week to ensure that they have absolute clarity on their priorities. All right. The first thing I am looking for when I look at goals is, are the goals written as specific, measurable actions that would produce the result? Far too often do I see, take 40 listings. Great. Love that you have put a number to how many listings you want to take. The challenge with that goal is that you still show up in your market center and you ask the question, what do I need to do to get 40 listings? What's the purpose of the 411? We've said it several times. I am now going to start quizzing you. What is the purpose of the 411? Put it in the questions box. Hmm. Clarity. Goal setting to the now. That's right. Having absolute clarity on your priorities. What would change if you just, if you just walked away from this training and just did one thing? If you just went through your goals, went through your 411 and every place that it was just a result, you converted that into an action, a specific, measurable action that such by doing would accomplish the result. Example, instead of saying, I need to take 40 listings this year, it's I need to make a thousand phone calls to take 40 listings. How many of you have said, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And then when you start falling behind, you go, eh, I'm behind. I don't know what to do to make up the gap. When you boil it down to the specific measurable action, it's quantifiable. There is no hiding. Personal accountability goes through the roof at that moment. You guys are learning. This is, this is good, guys. Great answers. Okay. So that's the first thing I'm looking for. I'm going through and literally um, every other week I'm pulling somebody on and I'm dissecting their 411 live in our membership. And I say this every week and every week, I still find that people are not making the investment of their time to revise their 411 to activities. It matters. Okay. So that's the first thing I'm looking for. Now, in this case, like you'll see, we want to get to 1500 active membership customers. We're at 944. So what are the specific measurable activities I can do? Well, first and foremost, sending a video email to every single MAPS coach, right? Number two, host four trainings for leaders and coaching clients. Um, Why do you think I'm on this call right now?
2: Everyone on this webinar right now should be uh, signing up as a membership, uh, for a membership as a customer, right? How many would that be? How many people are on this? Uh, You got 47 live right now. Okay, 47 live would take us to uh, 990 one. Yeah. Okay. They'd be, they'd be a good start. That'd be a good start. Well, thank you. We'll, we'll talk about that later.
0: Okay. okay. So you get it. Make the investment of your time to do all the thinking. What we find is people go through their weeks because they don't have clarity. They're constantly asking the question, what should I be doing right now? And because they don't get the immediate answer and we've got like the memory and the attention span of a goldfish about three seconds, we go, Ooh, great. Let's check email. Yeah. That's not the one thing. That's not the one thing you can do that makes everything else easier or unnecessary. The whole idea is that you take all the planning time, all the thinking time, and you batch it. And then you get it into your 411. And in those moments, when you get out of that listing appointment, you go, what should I be doing right now? Or you get out of your team meeting and you go, what should I be doing right now? You look at your 411, you go to the week section, you look at number one, and you just read it. And if it's not crossed out yet, you stop thinking and you start acting. How many people, is this already a mind shift? What's the aha? Share it, in the, share it in the questions box. Paul, we measure our predictors of our success that we have control of. That's right. I love it. To get specific with clarity of your specific route to get to your goal, says Jerry. Absolutely. I love it. Jerry says, I haven't been asking myself what I should be doing. I've been the squirrel. <laughs> and you know what, Jerry? I appreciate the transparency. It's first step, right? Acknowledge where the baseline is. Um, folks, you're going to hear me say this. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make living the one thing is they expect perfection. Just because the ideas are simple does not mean that they're easy. So people make this false standard that they have to be perfect in living this. And the fact is, I report directly to Gary and Jay, and I have never been perfect for a single day. Not once. Because it's hard. And we don't live in a vacuum, right? We live in a world where we do need to support our customers. We do need to, uh, to buy into the culture. We don't get to act perfectly in order of priority. Okay? So be kind to yourself. That really matters. <laughs> Deborah says, you remind me that I'm normal. Yeah. If you're making mistakes, that means you're actually taking action. So give yourself a high five. Cool? All right. So that's just step one, by the way. Just step one. When you look at your 411, how can you ensure that what you have written reflects the activities you have to do on an annual level? And based on that, what you need to do this month, based on that, what you need to do this week. Here's case in point. You saw up here, send a bomb bomb video to every single MAPS coach. When I get down here, I actually have listed, there's 300 of them. And when I get to this week and I say, I need to do 50 emails a day. It's Wednesday. I'm at 94. Am I on goal or am I behind goal? I'm behind goal. Because I got specific and measurable, I know I'm behind goal, which means I have to make a change with my schedule the rest of the week. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Personal accountability through the roof, right? That's step one. Step two, and this is probably the biggest mistake I see people making. They treat their 411 like a to-do list. If we were to look at your 411, would we see a laundry list of all the things you think you need to do? Yes. Mark says yes. Yeah. What's the one thing you can do to change your 411 from reflecting a to do list to making it reflect a must do list? What's the purpose of the 411? To have clarity on your priorities. If something is on the front of your 411, by definition, it is a priority. It is not a to-do. It is not a little 80 percenter. It is a big rock. It is something that must get done. Okay, so what do you do with all the other stuff? That's where the back's for. I've got a parking lot for 20% big rocks that they're not important enough that they earn the right to be on the front in either the year, the month, or the week. So I have a parking lot on the back for that, and then I have an 80% spot. And I'll show you guys, I'll scroll down here. So I've got 20% big rocks that I need to do. They just haven't earned the right to be on the front yet. I've got a spot for, I I need to get a copy of my son's birth certificate. Still don't have it. He's two. I need that. Haven't forgotten, haven't earned the right to do it yet. (laughs) Probably means I need to leverage it. Okay. This is what often ends up going to my assistant, to my virtual assistants. They get delegated. If something is on the front of your 411, it better be a must do. So if we were to look at your 411 for the week and say, must you reserve 20% of your time and make 50 email contacts a day? Yes, I must. Must you record an evergreen training this week? Yeah, I did it. That's why it's crossed out. Must I review the feedback from all the surveys? Yes, already did it. Must I create the November content calendar? Yes, I must do that. Must I do these things? Yes. That's on the front. How many of you, if you were to look at your 411, have some uh, some crossing out that you need to do? Matters. Paul says, pare it down to the 20% of the 20%. That's right. Yeah. Folks, how can you have clarity on your priorities if the front of your 411 just looks like a laundry list? it's this idea and we tell ourselves a story and I, and I saw somebody ask the question earlier, like, how do I get everything done when I don't have enough time? That tells me that inherently on a subconscious level, you believe that everything matters equally. Do you believe that lead generating for your business matters as much as clearing out your inbox? Do you believe that Connecting with that client to find out what's the one thing you can do to deliver an excellent level of service to wow them matters as much as attending a meeting. Nobody in here is going to answer yes to either of those. Yet how many of us attend the meeting blindly just because we got an invite and think to ourselves, I don't have time to make that phone call to that client to ask for the referral. I don't have time to schedule the time to ask them, what's the one thing I can do to blow, to knock their socks off? Because what you're actually trying to do is you're trying just to squeeze in the most important work around everything that's already scheduled on your calendar that doesn't actually matter. How many of you, every single week, when you look at your calendar, you just follow it blindly like a sheep and you try to squeeze everything else in that the time remains? Go ahead, put your yeses in the questions box. Paul says, ouch, (laughs) right? And folks, it's not your fault. I'm going to take you off the hook here. At what grade were you taught to question everything that's on your calendar? At what grade were you taught to literally wipe, cancel everything on your calendar, schedule your most important work, and then the stuff that was on there gets to interview for its spot back? Oh, you weren't? Cool. That's why I say it's not your fault. It is after this call. Because now you know. So your 4011 reflects your priorities. It gives you clarity on your priorities every single week. How do we do that? Step one, we ensure that our goals are written as specific, measurable activities such that by doing would generate the result. Two, we ensure that if it's on the front, it is a must do. It is not a to do. Number three, and this is probably one of the most powerful, are your priorities in order of priority? For those of you who have listened to the One Thing podcast, you've heard me tell the story about one of my first day of the company meetings with Gary and Jay. I had to present my GPS, my one-page business plan to them, and get them to buy into it, which I'm like two months onto the job, just coming from medical sales, and I've got to get Gary to buy into my business plan. Daunting. I hand them the sheet of paper, and it's got the three priorities. We start talking about number one. Gary and Jay ask a bunch of questions. I answer the questions. I say, are we good? They go, yeah. I go, okay, cool. And then I start talking about number two. About halfway through number two, Gary starts asking more questions about number one. I don't think anything of it. I just answer the question. I say, we good? They go, yeah. I finish up two and start talking about number three. And Gary starts asking more questions about number one. I answer him. I say, we good? They go, yeah. I'm talking about number three for no more than 10 seconds before Gary stops me. a final time. He asks, do you need to do number three? to do number two? I said, no. He said, do you need to do number two to do number one? I said, no. He said, then draw a line between number one and number two, or even better, just rip the page in half. Don't even think about number two and number three until you've earned the right to by mastering number one. How many of you right now, when you go through your weeks, tell yourself the story that there's all these things that I have to do and you try to take action in all different directions. And you end up leaving a lot of loose ends that just pile up. How many of you? Yeah. Chaos. Chaos. Deborah. Deborah's got the good, colorful commentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, everybody in your office. <laughs> On Gary's desk is a, is a piece of paper that he wrote. And it says, until my number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction. Until my number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction. What would change in your business if you adopted that mindset? Until your number one priority is done every single week, everything is a distraction. How would that change how you think about lead gen and picking up the phone? Mm-hmm. So how do you make sure you know what that one thing is? That's when we go back to the 411. When I look at people's 411s, I literally did this on Monday. I had a woman for, for our membership where I had her 411 up and in front of, I don't know, 500 people. I said, all right, if you could only do this one thing this entire week, would it still be a win? And she said, no. Great. So what would it be? And she's like, oh, it's actually number two. Awesome. So what do we need to do? Oh, well, this has to become a one and this has to become a two. Right? So that's the model, folks. Look at what's on your 411 and ask the question. This is why I do this in Excel. for dramatic effects. I can do that. If you could only do this one thing this entire week, would you still be happy? If yes, awesome. And should you earn the right to focus on anything else this week? Would it be that? The answer is yes. Excellent. And should you earn the right to focus on anything else this week? Would it be that? The answer is yes. Now let's pause and note something real quick. You see priority number one, priority 2.1 and 2.2. Notice how my twos are crossed off, but not my one. I have clarity on what my priorities are. I teach the entire class on it. I run the company that teaches the class on it, and I still am not following it perfectly. I share this with you so that you be kind to yourself. Acting in order of priority is really, really, really hard. Right? The difference is I know it, and I choose to be accountable to it. The moment I'm off goal, like I am today, I know I need to make changes to my schedule for the rest of the week to get on goal. Do you? Do you have that level of clarity in your weeks on how you're investing your time? All right, so we've covered the three. Your, prior, your, your goals are specific, measurable activities that generate the result. It's a must-do list, not a to-do list. Your priorities are in order of priority. Before we go to the fourth one, do you have any questions? I do.
2: Yeah. Yes. So who helps you understand if these are truly the right priorities to focus on? In other words, I may have my priorities here, but they may not be getting me where I want them to go. So who helps you with
0: that? So this is when I hand my 411 to Jay every week. Okay. So this is this is part of it. And I mean for your team, in full transparency, guys, like there's there's no wrong answer here. How many of you actually do a 411 every week? This is a yes or no? It's totally cool if it's a no, because I have found that the vast majority of people do not do it. Okay. So let's establish the baseline and then ask the question, where do we need to go? Ah, okay. So majority of people, it's a no. So if you could only do one thing walking away from this conversation, what would that be? Answers in the questions box. I need to create one. I need to create one. I do it every week. Are all the MAPS coaches trained on this to help us at some level? I can't speak to what they've been trained on. I can speak to the fact that every maps coach has access to living your one thing, which is our implementation program. And the four one one is at the core of it. And part of the reason that I'm doing this, I did a training at um, mega relief for all the coaches on this. And it's part of the reason I'm doing it for
2: you now. So leading the maps coaches, I can tell you that they haven't mastered this yet. None of us have mastered this yet. That's why we're introducing this uh, tonight and everyone's getting better at it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And guys, it's, it's a progress, but, I just gave you the four questions that I told the coaches to ask. Is that goal a result or is it an activity that generates the result? Are you treating this like a to-do list or a must-do list? Are your priorities in order of priority? And the one question you can ask on that one is, if you could only do one thing this week, does it have a number one next to it? Yes or no? Should you earn the right to do anything else? does that have a number two next to it? Should you earn the right to do anything else? Does it have a number three next to it? And by the way, once you get past three to five things for the week, um, that tells me you're probably treating it like a to-do list. So that's a good acid test for you. All right. Fourth thing, you take all this time to do your 4 on 1 which i promise you if you play at this level that we train people to play at where you're doing it every single week this is going to take you time by the way it's going to require that you at least invest about a half hour every single week now half hour that's really not much time but to think about like what does 30 minutes of going through a 4 on 1 feel like a little grinding at first but that single investment that 30 minute investment is what helps you take back control of 20% of your time in less than 30 days. And that's not a number I just pulled out of you-know-what. That's based on watching a 1,000-plus people do this over the last six months. I got the data. How many of you already can see that just on this alone, you're already doing things that's 80% work that doesn't actually matter, that you very consciously know, like, you know what? Still needs to be get, get done, but I'm just going to do this first It's the idea of instead of just trying to do everything that doesn't matter so you can hopefully free up the time to do the things that matter most, you just do the things that matter most first and then squeeze the rest of the stuff in. It's just just a flip. And this is the fourth step, getting your calendar to reflect your priorities. You take all the time, you invest your most valuable resource, your time to get your 411 to reflect your priorities. And then so many of us stick this in our bag or leave it at home, and then we follow what's ever on our calendar. Remember the whole sheep thing? Yeah. What we have found, and I don't think people believe this, but their actions support that they believe this. They believe that their calendar is written in stone. That nothing can be changed. When you look at Gary's calendar, I mean, things get canceled all the time, last minute over massive chunks of time, four hours at a time, entire days are just blocked off. They're not available. You cannot access him. You might ask the question, uh, does Gary get to do that because he's Gary Keller? Or is he Gary Keller because he does that? Yeah. So the, the, at Mega Relief, I did a talk for, for the region. Ben Kinney, every single week as a habit, has his assistant clear 50% of his calendar. of the standing appointments that are on his calendar, his assistant is required to cancel every week. Now, those people get the right to follow up, to reschedule. But as a habit, as a discipline, every single week, his assistant looks at half the stuff and just says, sorry, Ben is no longer available. Let us know a, a future date and time if you'd like to meet. Same question. Does Ben Kenny get to do that because he's Ben Kenny? Or is he Ben Kinney because he does that? Yeah. So one of the things we teach is thinking big and going small. Thinking big in terms of your vision and going really small in terms of your focus. What if we wanted you to prove to yourself that you can and, in fact, are in control of your calendar? What's the one thing you can do immediately following this training to prove to yourself that you are? What are your ideas? Paul asked if I could repeat the stat. We have found that the average person who walks through the model that we teach in our membership takes back control of 20% of their time, about eight hours a week, in the first 30 days or less. All right, I see Deborah says time block. I say throw away my 411 and start over, says Jerry. (laughs) Yes, yes. Reprioritize my calendar. Let's go even smaller, Shannon. Can every single person on here look at your calendar and find just one thing that's on there in the next two weeks that you can cancel? Either A, flat out cancel it, like don't even try to reschedule it, or option B, you can email them and say, hey, sorry, I have a conflict. Let me know if you'd like to reschedule. And put the ball in their court, not on you, on them. We found that most people, uh, when they show up for a meeting with you, they are not prepared to guarantee you a return on investment on your absolute most valuable resource, your time. They're not prepared. Then why are they earning the right to take any of your time if they're not going to turn it into an investment? Yeah. Just one. One. Something really powerful happens when you just cancel one appointment. You go, oh, I can do this. Think big, go small. What would you do? This is a fun exercise. In fact, we'll just do it. Um, Hopefully, people can get access to a piece of paper and a pen. What I want you to do, and if not, I want you to imagine it. I want you to take the piece of paper, and I want you to draw six vertical lines, segmenting it into seven sections. I feel like Mark leading the growth initiative call. (laughs) (laughs) Draw a circle. Put Put a 12 on the top. All right. Now, what I want you to do here is put an S for Sunday, an M for Monday, a T for Tuesday, a W for Wednesday. And I think you get where we're going with this. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Cool. And um, I want you to segment it into three sections if this was a.m., midday, p.m. All right? Let's get that done. Now, if we were looking at your 411, we would immediately look to uh, number one for the week. Okay, 20% of my time reserved for prospecting. 20% of a day is two hours. When would you want to do those two hours? When you have the most willpower or the least willpower? Oh, the most. Okay, and we know from the data that you have that in the morning. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to block two hours, Monday through Friday. Okay, it's blocked off. It's reserved. I'm not available for meetings. There we go. Blocked. Okay, number two record an evergreen training. Okay. I know that's going to take me an hour. If it's my number two priority, when would I do that? Oh, I think Monday's a good idea. And I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to do it right after I do the prospecting time. So I'm going to call that evergreen. Okay. So now I've got pretty much Monday through lunch is, is reserved. And you start going down the list. You schedule your most important work first and look at all the remaining time that is left. That's when you get to say yes to meetings. That's when you get to say, when somebody pops up with a really urgent task, I need you right now. Hey, I'm so sorry. I would love to help you. I'm in the middle of this project that really matters. Can you circle back with me in two hours? We have found that when most people come and ask you for help, it's one, because they are lazy and they don't want to do it themselves and they think that you'll help them get it done faster. I'm totally guilty of this because I have no patience, by the way, but that's me projecting my priority onto somebody else doesn't make it your priority. So either A, they're lazy, or B, incompetent, or C, I forget. Bottom line, it's not a good reason. You can say no by actually saying yes. Yes, I would love to help you, and I'm available tomorrow. But I need it now. Oh, I'm so sorry. Why did you wait till the last minute?
1: Yeah, you
0: you can say no, and there's a way to do it without being sassy like I'm being right now. You'd be amazed at how well this works. Here's This is always powerful for people. I'll show you this. This is my 20% work for this week. Let's do a little exercise. How much time would it actually take you, you think, to do your 20% work? To do the handful of things that would produce the most extraordinary week of your entire career, how much time would you really have to reserve and protect to get that done? Okay, 20% of my time for the week. So that is... 8 hours okay and i know that's accurate 8 hours for that i know this was going to take an hour that took an hour i know that this will take me half an hour i know that scheduling two emails will take zero of my time cuz it's getting delegated to my assistant i know that will take less than a half an hour but we're just going to be generous and i know that that'll take an hour and that'll take an hour okay let's go ahead and add all of those up it will take 13 hours For me to get the work done to have the most amazing week in my entire professional career. Now, if I work 40 hours equals you divided by 40. Okay, so in this case, it's going to take me 30% of my week. Just 30% of my week to get my most important work done. This begs the question, what the heck are we doing with our time? I have done this with over a thousand people now, and pretty consistently we see it's roughly 20 to 30% of your week required to get your 20% work done. Who's having an aha? We just waste a tremendous amount of time bouncing around to all the things that don't matter, telling ourselves the story that just because it's urgent, that that's what makes it important. It's not true.
2: You have any thoughts? Yeah, we talk about this all the time. It takes an average of 40 hours to close a buyer beginning to end. It takes uh, 8 hours to close a seller beginning to end. And so we talk about why so many agents are closing one deal every other month and and they're so busy. So we have someone doing 2 million in volume and they work 60 hours a week, right? And you have someone closing 20 million in volume and they work 60 hours a week. So this is such a valuable resource. When we talk about lead generation, we actually we just filmed a video here at KWRI about the app. And when you actually break down the time on task with getting that app in the hands of other people uh, and, the, and the results that are coming from that, it's about a half hour per closing. Can you think of anything you can do in a half hour to get a closing? It's, it's insane. So if you're not having, you know, 16 closings a day, that'd be a great start, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You
2: do have enough time.
0: You can have a thriving career and have a thriving personal life. If you are willing to hold yourself accountable to being as efficient and as effective as possible during the hours you work. And at a pre prescribed time, you shut it down and you go and you be present with your family. And if you're finding that you lack um, a delineation between the two, I know you're the type of person who chooses to be accountable to their goals. Look in the mirror. I'd like you to answer this question What's the one thing you're not currently doing that if you started doing immediately? would completely transform how you invest your time? What is the one thing you are not currently doing that if you started doing immediately would completely transform how you invest your time? Jerry says, it's not the hours you work, it's the work you put into the hours. That's right. Lead generation regularly, says Charlotte. Okay, Charlotte, can I guide you a little bit here? How will we know if you lead generate regularly? This is a question you hear me ask all the time when I'm working other people through this in the membership. How will we know? You you, you made a great statement. Lead generate regularly. That's vague. So the question I then ask, and you can ask to yourself, is how will I know if I've earned the right to cross this off my 401 by saying I lead generated regularly? Specific, measurable, actionable. See it? Yeah. Do a 411, says Mike. Great. Mike, how will we know if you do a 411? What does that mean? Does that mean it's printed out by 8 a.m. on Monday? Specific, measurable, actionable. When you get to that level of clarity, there's that word clarity, there is no hiding. Right? Spending more time with my kids. Great, Jill. Hey, Jill. How will we know if you've spent more time with your kids, Jill? How much time? From what hours to what hours? Does that mean just being in the room with them and being on your cell phone, checking email and responding to customers? Or does that mean that the phone's put away and you're being actively present and engaged in the conversation? How can you get more specific, more measurable, more actionable? Notice folks, three people in a row, we had to go deeper. This is why we say it's hard. It's hard to act perfectly in order of priority. This is why I have never, ever, acted perfectly in order of priority in a day. That's why we built an entire community around the whole thing. Who's asking you these questions? Investing my time with my sphere, says Jerry. Jerry, how will we know if you spent time with your sphere? Shannon, how will we know if you said no? What does that mean? Mark King's office, (laughs) how will we know if you mastered the 411? So that's perfect. Okay, what was step one of the 411? taking result based goals and converting them into action based goals what is the specific measurable activity you can do such that by doing it would allow you to master the 411 we would suggest updating it and printing it every single week before the week starts okay difference better time management guys you you just you're just setting me up <laughs> How will we know if you, what is the specific measurable activity, Kimberly, that you can do such that by doing it would create better time management? See why this is so hard, folks? Respect my time block. Oh, how will we know? Okay, you're getting the point, right? Go deeper, baby. Um, I want to point you to three resources that can help you because, like, like I told you at the beginning, Uh, The number one reason that people will fail to live this moving forward is they are unwilling to endure the monotony of success. You will leave jacked up. You are going to leave here in spite. Who is excited right now? I am. He is. Hold on, you just did a Nixon (laughs) pose. Yeah, you're going to leave excited and for two weeks you're going to be excited and then you're going to get bored and then the world is going to attack you. And you're going to feel like you don't have time to do your 411. Okay. So the first thing I want to point you to is the membership. So we knew we needed to build a community of people who were in this together that I could be regularly interacting with. And then the final thing, um, we are doing the first live event that we have ever done at the end of November. So if you go to the one thing.com slash event, that will take you, um, to our page on the goal setting retreat. So we're walking you through a proven model to apply business principles, to set goals in your personal life. Um, this is based on something that Jay Papazan has done with his wife, Wendy, for over a decade. They get out of their environment, which is really important. And they set goals together as a couple, not just for their business, but for all the areas of their life that really, really matter. You know, folks, bottom line, we know that this is hard. We know that you don't live in a vacuum where you are 100% in control of your time. And we know that no one succeeds alone which is why we've created everything we've created with is so that we have a community of people who live and breathe this and can start to hold each other accountable. We've got six minutes left. I'm wondering what questions you guys have, or if you, if you could only ask one question, what would it be? Jerry, when you have interruptions in your one thing, how do you get back on track? Great question. So interruptions happen. And I am the person who's usually doing the interrupting. So I I get it. And in those moments when the interruption is done, Jerry, if you've done the work to ensure that your 411 fulfills its purpose of giving you clarity on your priorities every single week, what do you think you should do? I just look at the 411 and I go down to the weekly section and I notice, huh, number one isn't crossed out yet. Stop thinking, start acting. That's the theory behind it. Do I do it perfectly? No. Am I working to get better every single week? You betcha. Yeah. Paul, how do you interrogate the 66-day, how do you integrate the 66-day challenge into the process? Um, So for people who don't know, the 66-day challenge is something we came up with to help you form habits. We know it takes on average 66 days to form a habit. Uh, Paul, what we do is we ask the question, great, what's the habit you need to acquire right now? So in the membership right now, as a family, we're on a 66-day challenge to thinking in order of priority. Simply developing the habit of thinking in order of priority, because that makes everything else easier and necessary. And the one thing that you can do such that by doing it would allow you to develop the habit of thinking in order of priority is to physically write down on a sheet of paper two things. The one thing that you absolutely must do today and the one thing that's most likely to stop you from doing it. Those two. What's the one thing and what's the number one distraction? Because consciously thinking about the distraction usually leads to you figuring out what you can do to eliminate the distraction before it happens. And our people are about three weeks into that. And that is just transforming how they follow their 411. Good question. How is it best for teams to handle the 411? This Monday, I actually have a training going live on how to use the 411 with the team. The crash course on it is first and foremost, you have to establish a rhythm. I meet with Jay every Monday at 11 a.m. to hand him my 411. So it's on the calendar. It is time blocked. He then looks at my 411 and he asks a series of questions to poke holes in it. A lot of those questions I handed to you today. And then I go and I'm on my merry way. I meet with my assistant every Monday morning at 9 a.m. And she hands me her 411. It's about time blocking it and making it a regular thing. How often should you update it? Uh, every, Every week. Every week because you know more about where you're going every single week. And every single week you ask the question, does what's on my annual still matter? Is what's on my month still lining me up to accomplish my annual? So what do I need to accomplish this week to be on track for my month? And it's not just pushing and moving things forward just because you didn't get it done last week. It has to interview for its spot, the coveted spot on the front of your 411.
2: All right. You have anything you want to say? Yeah. In business planning clinic, uh, We coined this, we were having the same conversation. We coined this phrase, we don't have a time management issue. We have a habit management issue. Mm. And if there's one thing we can do to change our habits, if you think about what's the one habit you could change, that's just by changing it, everything else will become easier and unnecessary. That one habit would be daily boring, monotonous, successful lead generation. So what is the habit that we need to change? What habits do we need to develop? Sixty six days is a long time. And yet if you do that consistently, there's nothing you can't have in this business. So it's it's a habit management challenge, not a time management challenge.
0: That's right. That's right. Cool folks. Um my email is Jeff at the one dot com, by the way.
2: With a G, G E,
0: well, if you do J E F F, it still works. Uh-huh. It does. Yeah, I thought of it all. Yeah. Uh, so G E O F F at the one thing with the number one dot com, the one thing dot com slash event will show you more about the event and at a bare minimum, listen to the podcast. That will shift a lot of things for you. I really appreciate you guys. If you have more questions, shoot me an email. Good luck out there. Well, there you have it. The training I did on how you can get clarity on your priorities so you can begin taking back control of your time. Folks, some ways we covered a lot, and in some ways we didn't cover that much. But as always, we challenge you to think big in terms of being the type of person that can execute this at a very high level and go really small. Out of everything you heard, what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary covered four specific things in this case. Well, first, actually, we covered more. Number one, do you want to do a 411? If so, go to the onething.com, click on the free stuff tab, download the 411 document. Or you can go to the onething.com slash podcast, look at this episode, we will hyperlink to a uh, Google Doc that will show you the exact version that I use. Number two, when you look at your goals, can you change them so that they're not results based? They're activity-based. They highlight the specific measurable activities that you can do such that by doing them would allow you to achieve the result. Is it instead of having a to-do list, all these things you feel like you need to do, most of which don't actually matter, can you create a must-do list? The handful of true priorities that you must get done, that you don't earn the right, to attend that meeting, to be in your email inbox, to really do anything else until you've at least advanced the ball on those true priorities. Can you get your priorities in order of priority? Can you have that level of clarity? Would you dare (laughs) open your calendar and make your calendar reflect your priorities? Can you cancel just one meeting in the next two weeks? There's so much stuff in here, folks. There's so many ways that you can start living your one thing. The question is, will you dare to take action? Now, not later, now. And if the answer is no, do you think you need to look in the mirror and have an honest conversation about why you're expecting to get results when you're not willing to put the work in? Folks, we care about you and that's why we bring candor to the conversation. If you are not getting the type of results you desire, then you inherently need to start changing your activities. And we often find it because people aren't getting the results because they're not doing the right things. It only takes one, folks. So how will you get started? Thanks for listening to this episode. If it's helped you, please share it with one person. Think of one person that needs to hear this. Tell them about it send it to them. Send them the link. Just get it on their phone. Get it on their computer. If you've not yet left a rating or review, please leave one on iTunes or your review platform of choice. We really do read everyone and they just make our day. And finally, hit subscribe. If you are not yet subscribed, you are missing future episodes that could be coming to your device. Future knowledge bombs that could be inside your head. Inside your head. All right, folks. Friday afternoon when I'm recording this. It's clearly time for me to stop talking. Love you guys. We'll talk soon.